Good morning. My name is Silas Kelty. I'm sure a lot of you know me. A lot of you know my family. We've been going to church here for 14, 15 years. Our first Sunday here was actually Pastor Mitch's third as pastor. We've been around a while. My wife is Kim Kelty of Blessings from the Kitchen fame. If you don't know me, you, your kids might. I serve in the children's ministry I have for years. I serve in the youth group. We have amazing kids here at New Song. Incredible kids. I have three kids of my own. A lot of you know this. Uh, I've got Reagan. She's 13. We got Luke. He's 11. And my Sadie Bug, my baby, she's nine. A couple of years ago, I was sitting on the couch watching TV. I'm sitting there, and Reagan's sitting next to me. And she's, like, staring intently at my face, like, just staring at me. And, you know, kids are weird. And, and they play these games where they're just trying to get a reaction out of you. And, like, I'm not going to take the bait. I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to sit here and let her stare and see how long she does that. But then she upped her game. She upped her game. She starts going like this. She starts petting my, my beard with her finger. You know? And I look at her and I say, Reagan, what are you doing? And she's like, Dad, Dad, you've got white hair in your beard. <laughs> I say, first of all, child, first of all, those aren't white hairs, okay? Those are wise hairs, okay? I've got some wisdom in my beard. Some of you gentlemen here today, you've got beards that are completely wise. Some of you have some wisdom in your eyebrows, right? Some of you have so much wisdom that you have to hide it so you dye it so no one knows how wise you really are. Right? Some of you have so much wisdom that it just you couldn't contain it. It just came falling out. Right? That's how wise you, you bald people are. But she made me feel old. She made me feel old. And, I, and I'm not old. I'm 37. Um, at the time, I would have been, what, 35, 36. And so I'm not old. I might be on the old side of young. Right? Is that 40s old. So I'm good. I got three more years. But I'm not old. But I felt old. Right? I felt old. My back, like physically, like my back, it hurt a lot. Um, I'd come home from work, and I'd be tired, and I'd just fall asleep on the couch. And it wasn't good. It wasn't good. I started thinking, you know, maybe, maybe my lifetime of bad food choices and gym avoidance was catching up with me. And, and it was. It was. And so I start researching diets. I start researching nutrition. And I'm great at researching diets. The execution thereof is not great. But researching, I'm good at. And so I'm researching diets, and, and I find that there's really three things you need to do, three easy steps. You can do them in your sleep. Three easy things to do to get fit and healthy. Three easy things. Right? The first thing is to stop eating the, the food that you know you shouldn't be eating. Right? So this isn't just a piece of pie. Right? This is the entire pie. Right? This isn't just a piece of pizza there are three pieces of pizza. This is like half or three quarters of a Papa Murphy's family-sized pizza, right? You don't need somebody to tell you not to do that, but you do it anyway on occasion or more. For me, it was Taco Bell. I go to Taco Bell two, three times a week, minimum, minimum, sometimes every day. And Taco Bell is awesome. It's delicious, right? You might disagree with me, but that just means you're wrong. I love you, but you're wrong. Taco Bell is delicious, right? It's super convenient. It's right there at the intersection of Miller Supply and Grocery Outlet and Walmart. That's like my family's domain. <laughs> so it's super convenient. And it's cheap, right? They still have a dollar menu. How do they have a dollar menu? McDonald's doesn't have a dollar menu anymore, but Taco Bell does. That means that not just, not just does that 
burrito cost you a dollar, it cost them less than a dollar to make, right? They have a profit margin built into a buck. Like, what's ground burger? Is it four bucks a pound nowadays? Whatever that was that I was eating, probably not great. Like, probably not great. I was eating it a lot. So I cut that stuff out, right? I cut out the stuff that I know I shouldn't be eating. And I had a measurable result. I lost a little bit of weight, started feeling a little bit better, but I knew I still had a long ways to go. My back still hurt. I still didn't have a lot of energy. So I kept going, right? I started examining the rest of my diet. You know, was there anything else that I needed to cut out that I thought was fine, maybe I even thought was healthy, but really wasn't? And for me, it was orange juice. So I like orange juice. I can make a thing of orange juice just disappear in a day. And sure, orange juice is, you know, I'm sure in small amounts is fine for you, but if you drink a lot of it, like that's just sugar water that has some vitamin C in it. So you, you cut that stuff out, right? You cut out the stuff that you know you shouldn't be doing. You cut out the stuff that, that you didn't know, but now you do, so you, you cut that out too. And that's great, right? I lost a bunch of weight. I was feeling really good, but my back still hurt. So I had to move on to number, number two, and that is to replace the bad food with the good food, right? So now... I'm researching macros and micros, and there's some people in this church I know that are really into nutrition, and that's awesome. I'm still barely learning. I don't know what a macro and a micro totally is, but I know I need them, so I'm, I'm researching that. I'm trying to make sure I get my macros and my micros, and when I did that, I started feeling better even, even better yet. I lost more weight. I was feeling really good. My back still hurt, though, but I was feeling really good, so I talked to my, my chiropractor, and I said, you know, my back still hurts. I've lost all this weight, but, I'm, but my, my back still hurts. And he says, well, you don't have chronic back pain. And I said, well, I, I sure see you a lot, so it seems like I might. And he says, no, he says, he says, Silas, the thing with you, he says, your back just isn't very strong. And all that weight that you're walking around with, it's going right to your spine. So your spine's being stressed. So what you need to do is you need to build muscle in your back. And let those muscles carry the weight and not your bone. All right, that makes sense. So how do I build muscle? Well, that's the bad news. Bad news is there's only one way to build muscle, and that is to lift heavy things often and over and over and over. My dad, my dad, when I was a kid, he, he cut firewood for a living, and my dad has the same genetics as my brothers and I. If you look at pictures of us in high school, just like pictures of my dad, uh, we have the approximate thickness of a T-post. So, so we're pretty lean dudes, but my dad, if you look at him in his 30s, he's super jacked. Like he's got these huge cannons for arms. And the reason is that he, when I was a kid, he'd go out in the woods and he would pack around his 1970s model steel chainsaw with a giant bar off of it. He'd cut down huge trees. He'd take them, he'd throw them around. He'd cut, he'd cut and split firewood with a giant maul. He didn't use a machine, he used a maul. Cords he would split every single day. And he got to be just huge. And to this day, my dad's pushing 70, he's still got bigger arms than me. Like he's jacked because he built all that muscle through straining himself and stressing himself and hurting, but then going back out and getting stronger. Me, I'm a banker, right? I do this. This is what I do all day. I type. I type and I write. And you don't build big muscles typing. So I have to supplement. I have to supplement what I do. I have to go to the gym. And that sucks. I'm not a gym guy. I've never been a gym guy. I don't like working out at the gym. It hurts mostly. I don't like hurting. 
I don't like intentionally hurting myself. It's not fun. It's not pleasant. If you ever see me at the gym and it looks like I'm having a miserable time, it's because I am. I, I hate it. It's horrible. But it's the only way you're going to do it, right? Because when you build muscle, right, you have to strain your muscles. You have to stress them. You have to push them really hard until you get these little micro fissures in your muscle tissue. This is what I learned. Get micro fissures. And those micro fissures will heal up. And when they heal up, you can actually push everything that you did and a little bit more. So you do that. And then you get more micro fissures. And then those heal up. And then you get more micro fissures. And then those heal up over and over and over until you finally start actually building muscle. But it hurts. And I don't like it. And I don't want to do it. But I make myself. And unfortunately, since I've been doing this, my chiropractor's right. My back's feeling way better. It worked really great. But I don't always want to be there. I don't want to do it. And I read that when you're at the gym and you're just burned out, you're like, this is stupid. I'm hurting myself intentionally. I don't want to be here. What you're supposed to do, you're supposed to envision your goals. You're supposed to even maybe picture somebody that you want to look like. Now, church, hear me. I, I wrote an underline in my notes. Disclaimer. Don't ever do this. Don't ever picture somebody that you want to look like. Don't, it's not mentally healthy to idealize other people. It's not godly to lust after other people's bodies that you wish were your own. Like, don't do that. But it did make me think, you know, who is, like, the most ripped person that I know? Like, who's the most muscle-bound jock, muscles in their earlobes person that I know? Uh, who is that? And, you know, I was going to just describe this person to you, it's actually a married couple. Actually, I know a married couple that are absolutely shredded ripped. I was going to just describe them to you, but I thought, you know, there's no way I could possibly convey the Hulk-like qualities of this couple. So I brought a picture. It's up on the screen. Yeah. Oyvind and Inger Hawkes. So this morning, I'm talking about being spiritually fit. I'm talking about being spiritually muscular, although I would say that at 70, I hope I look as good. Oyvin and Inger are missionaries to the Cree Nation in northern Manitoba. They've spoken New Song on a number of occasions. Maybe you've got a chance to meet them. They're incredible people. They're originally from Norway, and they served in their local church. Oyvin was a contractor, a carpenter. He built hotels. He was quite successful. But at some point, they felt God's call to serve on the other side of the world. Right? They felt their call to go serve the Cree nation in northern Manitoba. The Cree, they speak English and Cree. Oyvind and Inger, they spoke only Norwegian, but they followed anyway. And for years, they lived in this small cabin without running water, without plumbing. I don't think it had electricity. I mean, he left a successful contracting gig to, to live in absolute poverty with his wife and their baby girl amongst the Cree. Their, their cabin well, Oyvind tells stories about how he'd have to go down to the creek and break ice to get water. They had a, a heat barrel in the middle of their cabin that people would just come in randomly and heat up their hands or heat up their kids because it was so cold in northern Manitoba. It's very, very cold. Brutal, brutal living conditions. And Inger got super sick at one point. She nearly died. Their baby girl almost got sacrificed at the river by pagans who tragically did kidnap a different child and murder them at the river to their pagan gods. I mean, horrific conditions, hard, hard stuff. And Inger tells a story about how the church in Norway that they came from would call them sometimes to check in on the revival in northern Manitoba. How goes the revival in Manitoba? And Inger would say, well, revival? Like, we're just trying to stay alive, you know? But, but, but they persevered. 
right? They, their life was sustained by, their, by, by Jesus and by their faith in him and by his call for them to serve. Oyvind, as we talk to Oyvind, he's seen God move in some really dramatic ways. But as you talk to him, you, you really get impressed by some of the smaller things. Like, I remember one time I went up with the Fioritos, and Sam and I, we were complimenting Oyvind. We were just saying, Oyvind, you know, look at this ministry that you have. Look at what God's done through you. Look at, look at how this stoic people who are very resistant to outsiders, look how they've adopted you as their pastor. Like, look what you're able to do. This is incredible stuff. And we're just offering him genuine compliments. And Oyvind just says, and I can't do his accent. I wish I could. He says, no, 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 stop, 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 stop. We don't talk about that, right? We don't, we don't talk about that, you know? And, and he would say that over and over anytime we would compliment him about anything, big things like his ministry or small things like his truck. I'm like, Oyvind, this is a nice truck. And he's like, no, 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 we don't, we don't talk about that. We don't talk about that. It's because Oyvind has spent his life capturing, holding every thought captive, right? And he's probably, I don't know this to be true, but I'm assuming that he's dealt with pride in his life. And so when we're complimenting him for whatever reason, that's bringing up pride. And he's like, no, 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 we don't. We don't, we don't talk about that. Super humble guy, very gracious, super humble. But I asked him, I said, how, how is it you've been able to give up so much and sacrifice of yourself and give of yourself over and over, you know, leaving the successful life in Norway, coming over here, living in poverty, you know, raising your family here. You've sacrificed so much, and you continue to. How do you do that and not burn out? How do you do that day after day when it costs you something big? And this is what he told me. Put that quote up there. He said, when times get tough, I just think, I gave my life to Jesus. And that means I'm a dead man. So when I have to sacrifice something, I just think, would a dead man care about that? No, he's dead. <laughs> and, and he went on to say other things. But that's so brilliant, right? That is so inspired. That <laughs> it's so profound that, that Oyvind, he sits there and he gives up his own free will. He takes off his free will and he puts on the will of Christ. And I would love to tell you, church, I would love to tell you that I struggle with this. I would love to say that I struggle with this because that implies that I'm trying. But so often, I don't even try. I don't even think about it. I don't even think about taking off my will and putting on the will of Christ. I just do whatever's easiest, right? I do what tastes good. I do what's convenient. And I don't even give it a second thought. But Oyvind, he, he, he submits himself to the Lord, and it's, it's beautiful. And I want to be like that. I want to be like Oyvind and Inger. I want to have that bold faith. I want to have that level of self-control. Right? I want to have that level of spiritual fitness. But how do we do it? Well, there's three easy steps. Three easy steps. Go ahead and put up Hebrews, if you would, please. Let's start here. Hebrews says, Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the Father of spirits and live? They disciplined us for a little while, as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good, in order that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. I love it. Therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. Make level paths for your feet, so the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. Make every effort to live in peace with everyone. And to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. 
See that no one is sexually immoral or godless. So we need spiritual discipline. And discipline can mean punishment, right? But it can also mean self-control. It can also mean, like, you think about, like, a, a disciplined employee, right? A disciplined employee is somebody that would come to work on time, right? They put away their phone. They work hard all day long. Do what the boss asks the first time the boss asks it. And then they go home, right? That's a, that's a disciplined employee. We need to have spiritual discipline like that. And I think it starts with stop doing the things that are wrong that we know to be wrong, right? The big obvious sins, the things that you don't need somebody to tell you that that's wrong to do. You know that it's wrong, but you do it anyway, right? Because it feels good. You know, you like it. Or maybe it's just really easy or convenient, you know? Maybe it costs you nothing, and it's the easy way out. For me, for years, I, when I'd have a stressful day at work, I'd come home and I'd drink three, four shots of whiskey. That's an easy way out. You want to relax? Four shots of whiskey. That'll, that'll do it. It, was, it didn't even cost me anything because I'm not rich enough to buy expensive whiskey. So it was the cheap stuff. But what does that do for me, right? What, is the, what does the Bible say about sobriety, right? What does it say about being sober-minded, you know? You look at verse 16 down there. See that no one is sexually immoral or godless. If I'm willingly doing it, when I pour in that third or fourth shot of whiskey, I know what I'm doing is an objection to the Lord. I know that. It's godless. But I do it anyway, right? It's the easy way out. And, guys, we live, <laughs> our culture sexually, sexually immoral or godless, my word, that is our culture right now is sexually immoral and godless. Let's make sure we're not participating in that, huh? So we're weeding out the big sins right? We got the big obvious ones, but what's next? Go ahead and put up Psalms. Search me, O God, know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties. See if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. We keep digging, right? We're not satisfied to just get rid of the big stuff. And, and the big obvious sins, like I make it sound like you could just get rid of them, right? Like it's so easy. It's not. It's a fight. It's a struggle every day, but we do it, right? We fight through it. It's hard, but then as we're fighting through that, we're searching ourselves for other things we can weed out. What else are we doing that might not be spiritually healthy? And for me, this was, this is easy. This is politics, right? This is watching the news on repeat. This is binging Ben Shapiro podcasts. And I love Ben Shapiro. No word bad about Ben Shapiro. But the amount, the amount of podcasts I was consuming, the amount of news that I was consuming, it wasn't healthy, right? Like we look down there, go back to Hebrews if you would. Thank you. You look there where it says, uh, verse 11, that we'll produce a harvest of righteousness and peace. I didn't feel righteousness and peace. I don't feel peace when I'm just consuming my brain with, with the decay of our world around us. That's not giving me peace. You know, instead, what it's really doing is down there on verse 15 where it says that no bitter root grows up. I was planting bitter roots by consuming this much news. It's not healthy. It seems like it'd be good, right? I care about my country. I care about my state. I want to know what's going on around us. Those are good things. But the amount that I was consuming was super unhealthy. And it gave me bitter roots. So now we're fighting the good fight, right? We're doing our best to weed out sin in our lives. And that's awesome, right? That's so hard to do. That's such heavy lifting. Good. You're going to see measurable, meaningful results, even if that's all you do. You're going to see measurable results, but you're not done yet. So what's next? Right, next is number two. We've got to eat good food. This is daily prayer. This is reading the word. This is developing relationships with others. 
who can come alongside us. For me, it was replacing those political podcasts with apologetics podcasts, right? That's good food. That's good food, right? So now we're living daily. We're submitting to the Lord what we consume. We're eating good food. We're staying away from bad food. This is awesome. Yay, this is fantastic, right? You're doing so well. You're going to have amazing results. And you've positioned your body to build muscle. And that's great because Hebrews says that we need to strengthen our feeble arms and our weak knees there in verse 12. So how do we do it, right? Well, I got news. It's going to hurt a little bit. It might cost you something, right? This part's going to cost you something. It might make you feel uncomfortable. It might make you feel out of your element, right? It might be hard. Good, good. That's so good because it says it's going to be painful, right? So if the actions that you're doing align with Scripture says will happen, that's fantastic. You're hurting. Awesome. That's so good, right? We have, we have to be doing the literal hard work that needs to be done, right? We have so many ministries in this church that need volunteers. If you want to pick up some weights off the rack in the back, we have a ministries board back there of weights that you can pick up and start lifting with us. Do the literal hard work that needs to be done. It's necessary, but don't do it. Don't do necessary hard work just because it's necessary. Do it because it's hard. Look for opportunities to push yourself. Look for opportunities to lift heavy things. Embrace those opportunities. It's awesome. How about this one? Pray with people. It can be scary to pray with somebody, especially if you don't do it real often. I totally get it. You wonder if they're judging you. You're wondering if you're saying the right words, if you're coming across holy enough. But does a dead person care? Do they care about how they're coming across? No, right? They're dead. The idea of, if the idea of praying for people freaks you out, then start with lifting light weights. Pray for somebody here in this church. If, you, if you're here today, you are at, at a minimum, you're vaguely comfortable with the idea of prayer. At a minimum. Even if you're not saved, you, you're in a church surrounded by people who pray. So you've already considered the idea of God. So if, if you're uncomfortable praying for people, Pick up some light weights. Pray for somebody in this church. There's no easier place to practice than here. Or go super lightweights. Go pray for a friend. Your friends, if you say something weird, they'll still love you. It's awesome. And you don't need a call from the Lord to go pray for your friend. You don't have to wait on the Lord to pray for your friend. Just go pray for them. Maybe you think they're having a hard day. Maybe you don't even know if they're having a hard day. You just want to bless them because you love them. Right? Awesome. Lift that weight. And you know what? It, it might make you feel awkward. It might be out of your element. It might be uncomfortable. You might say something weird. It might happen. Good, good, that's so good. You're building prayer muscles, right? It's going to hurt a little bit maybe at first, but you can do it. It's great. And besides, you know, does a dead man care? Like, no, they're dead. Don't be afraid of being sore, right? Don't be afraid of being sore the next day. We went to, to G3 recently, a bunch of us, and uh, if you don't know what G3 is, we, our youth group goes on this annual trip to Walla Walla, and it's a three-day affair, two nights, it's awesome, lots of ministry, awesome speakers, but a group of us adults went as chaperones, this is my first year as a chaperone that I've gone, man, it's exhausting. <laughs> I, I got home after, after not sleeping for two nights, and I was just, I was just done. I feel like I, I could sleep for 48 hours straight. 
I was so tired, physically tired, but like emotionally drained. It was intense stuff. You know, so many hours of prayer for these kids. And it was amazing, but I was drained. I had nothing left in the tank. And I talked to other people who went as chaperones. It's the same story. Everybody felt the exact same way. We were toast. Good. That's so good, guys. We did a thing, right? We lifted something heavy, and we paid for it. And it hurt for days, days. But it's awesome, yeah? Does a dead person care if they're tired? No, they're dead, right? Oyvind and Inger didn't become the spiritual studs that they are by just showing up to church on a Sunday morning and going through the motions, right? They served diligently at their home church in Norway, right? They served the ones that God put in front of them to serve. And by doing that, they built up enough spiritual muscle that they could go do some seriously heavy lifting that God needed them to do. We are called to be bodybuilders, but it's not this body. It's this body. It's the body of Christ that we're called to build. This body, personal fitness is a great thing. Personal fitness is great. But this body is going to turn to dust. But this is the eternal body of Christ. And as we build this, see how God builds in you your own spiritual muscles. So lastly, Proverbs. He who walks with the wise will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. Dave Ramsey says it like this. If you want to get rich, hang out with rich people. Do what they do. My dad likes to say, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. I heard that a lot as a child. Surround yourself with spiritually strong people. Get a gym buddy. Someone who can celebrate your successes and be your spotter when you're feeling weak. I got good news. We go to an awesome church. A new song is full of gym buddies. And I, I just want to say just genuinely on behalf of me and, and Kim that those of you who serve in, in ministries here, if it's one ministry, if it's eight ministries, we have some incredible people who work really, really hard in this church. And I see it. I know. I know how exhausting it is to serve in multiple ministries. It's draining. It's so hard. But, but thank you. If that's you, thank you so much so much, because Kim and I would be drained if we didn't have you to look at, if we weren't sitting there saying, look, you know, it's not just us. We're not the only ones doing this. We're surrounded by a gym full of people that are lifting really heavy weights, a lot heavier weights than us. Thank you. Just, it's inspiring to look at you, that I don't have to go to a gym that's all by myself and think that's all up to me. Thank you. So we walk with the wise, and we become wise. So you want to get seriously, spiritually muscular? You want to get seriously ripped? Go ask advice from those in our church who are already ripped, right? Go talk to ripped studs like Ken and Becky Foster. They've been lifting heavy weights for years, yeah? You know, go talk to that jacked stud, Sandy Fox, you know? Ask what's in her diet because whatever she's doing, I want to look like that when I, get, when I grow up. Submit it all to the Lord. Be willing to do hard things. All right, I'm done. Josh, close us in prayer.